Welcome to The Breakdown with James Lankford, where Oklahoma Senator James Lankford discusses policy issues in Congress. Thank you for listening today. This is The Breakdown. This is Senator James Lankford. Welcome to The Breakdown. This is a moment we just stop for a little while in my office and try to be able to do exactly what the title of this says, break down one of the hard issues of the day and to try to break it into individual pieces and talk about it and explain it and to be able to have a little bit of dialogue around it. I don't know if you've noticed, but every time we turn on the TV right now, there's some conversation about trade, whether it be trade with China, whether it be trade with the European Union or with Japan or South Korea or Mexico or Canada or tariffs or trade deficit. All this conversation is happening all the time right now, and it didn't seem to be as much in the news three years ago, five years ago, but it certainly seems to be every day right now. And I bump into a lot of folks that are a little bit confused about what's a tariff and what's a trade deficit and what does this matter and what does it mean? People that are directly affected, they most certainly know, but people that are not are trying to figure out still what the big deal is about this. Uh, joining me today is one of my team members. His name is Adam Ferris. Uh, Adam Ferris is a legislative uh, assistant in our staff. He does a lot of research on foreign policy and on trade issues and has been exceptionally engaged in this issue for years now uh, in his own research and work. He's one of those unsung heroes that a lot of Oklahomans have not met. Um, but uh, if they meet him, they would find out this guy works for them all the time to be able to help make things right. Uh, so, Adam, thanks for uh, stepping out from behind the computer and the research and the phone and everything that you've been chasing down on for a while and joining us in the breakdown today. Uh, thank you so much, Senator. Happy to be here. Well, I'm glad you're able to be able to take it on today. So let, let me start with the big picture on it. Uh, the news is about trade all the time and about uh, what's happening in trade. And there's two words that come up all the time, tariffs and trade deficits. So let's back up a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about what is a trade deficit? What does that mean? Sure. So, you know, in, in economics, you have what's called a, a trade balance, which is calculated by uh, taking the exports that a, a country has and uh, subtracting imports from that. So if imports are greater than exports, you have what's called a, a trade deficit. If the exports are greater than imports, the opposite is the case and you have a trade surplus. Um, but But this uh, trade deficit has been an underlying assumption that the president has used to base a lot of his trade policies off of. So that basically means we're buying more than they're buying uh, at that spot. If you take uh, China, for instance, we have a big trade deficit with China. We're buying a lot more from China than China is actually buying from us. That's right. Um, and so, again, a lot of that has to do with the size of the economy. Uh, another factor in that is simply that Americans spend more money. Uh, and so, uh, we tend to save less uh, than we spend, and when that happens, we need imports uh, because our domestic economy doesn't produce enough to both export to other countries and to satiate our, our buying power here in the so United States. So we love to buy stuff, basically. That's right. We like like remote control vacuum cleaners and new TVs, and we like lots of clothes and all the good stuff. shoes and you know people. Cherry limeades from Sonic. Cherry limeades from Sonic, absolutely. So we, we go through all the stuff that we like to buy. There are other countries that are just more frugal in their day to day life. The United States is a consumer-driven economy, and That's so right. we just have a lot of consuming with our consumer-driven economy. So we buy a lot more, but our economy is also 25% of the entire world's GDP. So 25% of everything that's bought in the entire world is purchased in the United States. So we both make a lot. Our, our, our economy is stronger than most other countries in the world. But we also buy a lot of products, so we do have trade deficits with other countries. That's right. And, you know, the other side of that equation, of course, is that 75% of 
the world's consumers live outside the United States. And so, as, as you've said many times, we need to be pushing to open markets overseas. And so we have a lot of these ongoing negotiations with Canada and Mexico through the North American Free Trade, Trade Agreement, with the European Union. Um, you know, what's been your conversations with the administration as these trade negotiations continue to progress? So it's been interesting. The president all along has said he wants to have free and fair trade, uh, but he's emphasized more of the fair trade than he has been the free trade. I, I'm a free and fair trade guy as well, but I know if we're going to continue to be able to get out there and produce products and we're going to manufacture more things, we've got to have customers to be able to buy it. Most of the people that I talk to in the agricultural world right now around Oklahoma, they're looking for new markets. Uh, they're raising hogs, they're raising wheat, they're raising soybeans, they're raising cotton, whatever it may be. They're looking for new places to be able to send their products. So they know they can send their products to the places that are already buying them now, but they look at what you said, the other 75% of the world, and to say, if I could send my products there, then I could produce more here and I'd have a guaranteed buyer there. That's where the trade agreements come into and why it is such a big deal. If you've got countries that have consumers, like China, for instance, with a billion people in China, that's a lot of cotton that's needed to make a lot of cloth. Well, China doesn't raise as much cotton as they need, and so that means they're going to need to buy it from a lot of other places. And so when we're selling them more products, that's helping our Oklahoma farmers. We sell a lot of wheat around the world. We sell a lot of soybeans around the world. We sell a lot of hogs around the world and beef. Uh, there's a lot of things that we produce, whether that be aerospace and a lot of the technology that we're producing in Oklahoma that's aerospace, or whether that be oil and gas uh, production that's happening, both how we do it. There's a lot of drilling rigs that are manufactured in Oklahoma and then shipped all around the world, or different valves and pipes that are actually produced in Oklahoma and shipped all around the world. And then the technology that we have, we're actually shipping around the world. But there's a lot of people out there that are interested in buying our product if we could have a trade agreement to be able to make sure it's as fair as possible. If you go back to several decades ago, a lot of the rest of the world was really struggling to get their economy going. Uh, China, for instance, is still listed as a developing country in the WTO. That's a World Trade Organization. Well, China is one of the largest economies in the world now, but they still have these protections saying like they're a developing country. Okay, they're not a small, tiny developing country. They're a superpower of an economy at this point, but they've still got all these high tariffs. President Trump is trying to lean in and say they've got to knock down some of those high tariffs and not pretend they're a developing country anymore when they're a superpower economy. We need to be able to make sure that we get those tariffs down. And if they're going to charge us tariffs, we're going to have to charge them tariffs back. So let's talk about that next part of not just trade deficit. What's a tariff? Right, right. So, uh, you know, looking at, at just tariffs, what those are, and, and it's essentially a, a government's way for uh, increasing a, a trade barrier through the collection of additional duties uh, at the border for a product that comes into our country. So, um, you know, say so there's, give me an a, example. So there's a, a product uh, coming in from China uh, that's sold to a U.S. citizen here in the States from a Chinese seller. Uh, when that product hits the border, a port of entry, before being uh, processed through and being sent to the consumer here in the United States, our, uh, our uh, Customs and Border Patrol agents at those ports of entry will actually uh, collect duties from the companies on the number of products that are coming over based on uh, the rate that the administration has is set. usually just a percentage of the cost of the product, or how's that? How's that tariff determined? Uh, it can be a percentage of the cost. It can be uh, an, a, an outright dollar amount cost on that, and there's typically quotas that go with that. So a certain amount uh, product can come in either before a tariff is assessed or uh, before additional tariffs are then put on those products. Um, so, and I wanted to ask you as well about 
you know, take Canada, Mexico, and the European Union, three uh, markets that generally we would, most people would say uh, we have favorable relations with. Sure. Yeah. Since the War of 1812, we worked out things <laughs> with Canada pretty well. Yeah. Um, what has been your perception of, of how the administration has dealt with uh, the trade issues with these countries? Because he's rightly mentioned several issues with these markets. They do have high barriers to entry for U.S. ag products um, and other things, especially in Canada and the European Union. Um, but but what's your take on what's going on with those countries? So it, it is interesting because a lot of them have these historic high tariffs. They're basically trying to protect their own farmers, protect their own manufacturing to say, uh, we're not going to prevent you from selling your washing machines, your solar power, your uh, ag products. We won't say you can't come, but we'll put a tariff so high that your product won't be able to compete. People may want to buy American beef there. But we're going to make sure American beef is so incredibly expensive by having this big tariff that you can't really sell here, so you won't even try. So the push is, how do you get those tariffs down as low as possible? Right. How do you get down to zero tariffs, for instance? How, how does that happen? Because if the United States is competing with the EU or with Canada or with Mexico and say, get our tariffs down as low as possible, then we're able to get our products into their markets and we can compete. And we lose track of it. But most of the world wants to buy American products. Right. Most of the world does. Uh, we're just used to it and seeing it on the street. But when you go around the world, as I get the privilege of doing, representing Oklahoma and the United States Senate in different places that I end up, uh, when I get there, people all want to buy American products. I, I was just in uh, Central America uh, just a couple of months ago, and as I stepped off the plane, there is a, a lineup of stores, and it was all American stores uh, that were across the street there in the Central American country. People want to buy American products. And when the tariff barriers come down and we get them down to zero, oftentimes their products lose and our products win. Right. So the goal for us, quite frankly, is to try to get tariffs down as low as we possibly can. Yep. And what the president seems to be doing right now is to try to say, I'm going to jack up our tariffs on everybody else's products coming into the United States. And every other group is complaining about that. And the president's basically saying, hey, if you hate these high tariffs coming in the United States, we hate the high tariffs going into your country. Why don't you drop your tariffs and we'll drop ours as well? And it seems to be getting some countries' attention. I mean, the European Union's a right, good example. Right, the deal of that. announced last week. Yeah, the deal that was announced last week was a big deal. The president flat out said, I'm going to raise the price of European automobiles coming in the United States by 25%. And the European Union, within a week, came to Washington, D.C. and said, whoa. We can't handle a high tariff like 25% of our autos. And he said, well, guess what? We're paying high tariffs of our autos coming into the EU, and you blocked out some of our ag products. So in one day, they finished out the negotiations and said, okay, let's verbally agree. We're going to try to get tariffs down to zero between the European Union and the United States. They, for the first time, said, we'll start buying your soybeans, which was a big deal because China said, we're going to stop buying your soybeans because we're so mad at your tariffs. And so the president just negotiated a deal and said, okay, we'll send them to Europe instead. And they, and they stopped all this talk about steel and aluminum tariffs and auto tariffs, which were really the beginnings of a trade war with Europe. We're, we get along pretty well with Europe. Uh, the issue is we don't want to be Europe, but we do want to sell to Europe. And the, the automobile one was, was a little bit funny to me. I mean, take, uh, you know, Mercedes or, or Ferrari. I feel like, you know, if you can afford one of those things, a 25% increase is not going to hurt you too much. But, uh, you know, you mentioned taking a step back. You're but, not saying you have a Ferrari, do you? I'm just checking I, all of our, our uh, Senate staff here. So no. not, not here in, in D.C. 
you know, you mentioned looking at trade deficits, uh, tariffs, getting an understanding of what those are, taking an even further step back and just, you know, kind of picturing what the history of, of support for tree, free trade has been in this country. You know, can you take us back maybe to, you know, when this country was founded and, and what that looked like? Yeah, as funny as it sounds, I have folks all the time that will talk to me about trade issues and say, well, this is a new issue. And I always laugh and go, you should read the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Because if you go back to 1776, when our founding fathers were writing that wonderful letter in the Declaration of Independence to King George III, one of the complaints that they had to King George was that he was blocking their international trade, that King George III was keeping the American colonists from trading with who they wanted to around the world. Our first war that we had, the battle with the Barbary pirates in the late 1700s, early 1800s, was a battle about trade, actually. Could we have an open seas to be able to trade with where we wanted to? This issue about free trade has been an issue from America since before America was America. We were free traders, even as, even as colonists. So this is deep in our DNA that we not only produce things, but we want to sell things worldwide. And I think that's why it's really important that we get this issue resolved. And right now, it feels like we're fighting with everybody in the world over trade. And I, I have to tell you, if I go back just a couple of months ago, I was going to the White House and saying, I can't figure out your strategy. Your strategy seems to be to start fires, but not put any out. I know that you can start a fire. I need to see if you can put one out. We've got to resolve some of these trade fights with people so we can get some kind of stability. Because if you're an ag, you're putting crops in the ground, hoping that you're going to be able to sell that product months from now. You can't just take the risk. That's why trade agreements are so important for the ag community, especially if you're going to put it in the ground or if you're going to raise it, I've got to know I've got a market to be able to sell it. If I'm going to manufacture it for somebody, I need to know there's a place I can actually sell it. Right. So growing markets are a very big issue. And to that point, you mentioned earlier, Senator, that the world wants our products. They want what we're selling. They want what we're growing here. A lot of those products come from Oklahoma. And I know that I've been reached out to uh, in my capacity working for you, sir, and, and, and other staff on your team, whether in Oklahoma or here in Washington, D.C., about the specific stories um, that they bring and that they've shared with us about their products that are bought and sold right. overseas. What have you heard in your visits back in the States? So let me just mention a couple of them. Uh, the price of homes uh, has gone up because Canada is stiffing us on the issue of softwood lumber. And there's this big fight about softwood lumber. Uh, so that that's a big deal. All of our home prices are going up. Right now, the price of soft drinks is going up in the United States because of the aluminum tariffs that are happening. Does that include sonic cherry limeades? That does not include sonic cherry limeades because they're not wrapped in aluminum. But Great it point. would be for a Coke can sure. or a Dr. Pepper can that's coming out. It, it is a big issue, though, for if you're doing construction for, like, small uh, office buildings and strip center shopping areas. I've got a friend of mine that does some of that construction. Right now, the cost of construction is more expensive than existing locations, so they can't sell it once wow. they build it. I mean, that's a really big issue. Suddenly, when you're investing all those dollars to be able to construct new construction, but because the steel and aluminum prices go up in construction, now it makes it too expensive to actually sell. It's higher than what the market can actually bear. Uh, folks that are raising soybeans have watched the soybean price drop dramatically recently. The folks that are doing uh, pork uh, right now in Oklahoma, they're having a big tariff that's coming in from Mexico on hams going into Mexico, and we sell a lot of hams in the Mexico. And now they're having to just figure out how do they swallow all those tariffs because they can't compete on price. They got to figure out how to be able to process it. So it has a very direct effect on what we're doing. Right. And that's, I think, even more important, the message that you've continued to communicate to the administration that we need to conclude these trade negotiations as quickly as possible. 
Um, as you said earlier, a lot of these folks can't wait until next year uh, for, for these to conclude. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that message with us. Yeah, we're going to try to keep on that. It was interesting. I was in a meeting in the White House last week with about 15 senators and House members meeting with the president and his cabinet. Uh, Sonny Perdue in agriculture there, Robert um, Lighthizer, who does the trade policy for the United States, Larry Kudlow, who does the economic advice. Uh, we met with the president at length uh, to be able to talk about all these issues. And what I really wanted to hear from him was, what's the strategy? And the president was very clear. The strategy is to get down to zero tariffs, to be able to go to countries that have had high tariffs for sometimes decades and decades, and to say, how are we going to be able to get those down? So right. Americans aren't paying high tariffs coming o- going over, but they're paying low tariffs coming back at us. So the hope right. is to be able to get that solved. Our biggest issue is I want to get the first ones done. And with the president saying the verbal agreement with the EU, that's the first of them done. We still got to get Canada and Mexico. That's got to get resolved. The NAFTA issue, there's a lot of trade that's on the line when you deal with Canada and Mexico because they buy a lot of products from us because transportation is inexpensive in between those two countries. So we need to be able to get that resolved in the days ahead, as well as South Korea and Japan, and ultimately with China, which will probably be the most complicated of all of them because, quite frankly, they've ripped us off on a lot of trade agreements and they've stolen a lot of intellectual property. So we've got to get that resolved in the days ahead. So we're, we're going to keep pushing, working with the administration. I continue to be able to talk with them, and we'll see what we can do to be able to wrap this up and get as many of them done as we possibly can. Well, speaking of wrap-up, sir, I can't believe I'm saying this. It feels like 30 seconds, but uh, I think our time is up uh, today, unfortunately, but I appreciate you bringing me on. No, I'm glad for you to be able to do not only this conversation in the breakdown, but uh, what you're doing every single day. Uh, You're one of those folks that work for Oklahomans and for the nation and really contribute a tremendous amount to people. And most folks will never get a chance to meet you, but they'll see the effect of your work in our growing Oklahoma economy. Uh, Our economy is doing very well. Uh, Since the tax law changed uh, last year, we've seen a real upsurge in the economy, but we've got to get this trade and tariff issue done because we're spending more for some products and we don't even know it because the cost is buried in the cost of the item and we're not selling to as many places as we could until we get those resolved. So thanks for your ongoing work every single day to be able to help us. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening in on the breakdown. We look forward to getting a chance to have a conversation with you next month as well as we take some of the big issues of the day and try to break them down into understandable packages. Stay in contact with us. You can always go online at langford.senate.gov to be able to get more information about our work, any of the social media platforms at Senator Langford, though don't believe everything you read when you go on social media platforms, or feel free to call or email us anytime at our offices. You can see all the contact information at langford.senate.gov. God bless y'all.